Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. When you're, uh, when you're buying property, at the time of the purchase, the ownership of that property is, is generally transferred to your name as the buyer. Now, for most owners, it's a, it's a pretty basic transaction. In some cases, however, there may be a cause to put that property into a land trust. In our podcast today, we'll learn more about that approach and uh, kind of get an understanding of what that means and when it's applicable. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell, and so pleased to have you along again for the conversation today. Joining me for this discussion will be Attorney Kelly Anderson. Kelly is an associate at Lavelle Law and uh, very much involved with real estate transactions on, on, I assume, probably a daily basis over there. She's so busy. Um, So we've got a lot to cover. (laughs) Kelly, good afternoon. Nice to talk to you again. How are you? Nice to talk to you, Jim. Thanks so much for having me. And and busy is accurate uh, in terms of how things are going right now? Busy is accurate. Um, Yes, absolutely. Summer is always a little bit busier, but uh, things have picked up this month, and uh, we're rocking and rolling. Good. Well, before we get into the specific topic of land trust, let's do what we do sometimes, take a broader view of real estate. When someone buys property, you know, what what process takes place then to signify that they are the owners at the closing? Well, a deed gets transferred from the current owner of the property to the new owner of the property, and it needs to um, have on the deed the name of the new owner of the property, typically. And uh, Mm -hmm. that's where, you know, some discussion is had about how someone wants to take title to the property. Okay. And for most people, as as you deal with uh, clients, generally, is that standard process sufficient? Yeah, it it is. Um except, you know, it, it with with individuals with um you know, first-time home buyers, with young home buyers, you know, they typically don't have things set up yet, trusts or um any other complicated estate planning um things to consider. But when you get to um, you know, corporations that are buying property or other types of buyers, um, you need to have a discussion about how they want to hold title. And that's when sometimes you have the discussion about putting title into a land trust. Okay. So tell, tell me about that. Now, I've heard the term. I'm really not familiar with it. What, what does it imply sure. and, and what does it, you know, what does it include when you create one? Sure, and, and I think some people, when they hear the word trust, they think, oh, you know, the, the John Doe irrevocable, irrevocable living trust or something like that. Mm-hmm. But a land trust is typically um, something that is um, set up through a title company. These days, Chicago Title is the biggest one in the area that sets up land trusts. But um, Illinois is one of the few states that actually recognizes land trust by statute, um, and it's it can be very it can be a very useful device for taking title to property. It's a way where a trustee holds the title to the property, but all managerial, decisional, operational powers over the um, real property itself are under the control of the trust beneficiaries. The interest of those beneficiaries is deemed personal property, and the trustee takes action when directed to do so by the beneficiary. So say that the trust is the, um, you know, Chicago title is the trustee of the Chicago title land trust number one, two, three, four, five, and 
under a trust agreement with Chicago Title, John Doe owns the beneficial interest in the trust. Chicago Title can't take any actions without John Doe, John Doe directing them to take that action. Okay. So um, great definition there, and I'm, I'm starting to get a picture here in my head, but understand the, the, um, the structure of it. What's, what's the benefit to doing this? The benefit is there's some privacy of ownership. Um, there, I mean, there's several benefits. Under a land trust, the identity of the real owner is not usually public information, especially if you um, put the property in a land trust as soon as you purchase the property. In other words, you don't convey it to a land trust after you've already taken title because then if, if anybody is, you know, halfway savvy, savvy when looking at public records, they can determine that, you know, who, who transferred it to the land trust. But if you put it in a land trust right off the bat, there's some anonymity there. Um, holding property in land trust also means that if there's ever creditors or litigants looking up your name to see whether or not you have any assets, it's not going to show up as an asset because it's being held by a land trust. So, um, by putting you know, your property in a land trust, you're defending yourself against potential threats to your assets, possibly. Um, also, when property is in a land trust, judgment proceedings against if, if there's more than one beneficiary of the land trust, um, and a proceeding against one beneficiary does not become a lien on the real estate. Um, while the real estate isn't going to be encumbered by any judgment liens, the interest of the beneficiary in the land trust can be subject to the claims of creditors, but the property itself won't have a lien on it. Um, some other benefits. Go ahead. No, no, let's, let's hear okay. what else there are because that's a good start. Yeah. Um, and some of the other reasons sometimes when people hold property, um, say, in joint tenancy, John and Jane Doe hold the property in joint tenancy. And that means if John passes away, then ownership would immediately succeed to Jane. Um, but with under a land trust, the party who creates the trust can retain sole control um, and then with the desired succession and ownership becoming effective upon death and without the expense of going through probate. That's another reason to, to do it is you avoid going through probate. Okay. Now you mentioned earlier um, sort of a reference, offhand reference to estate planning and, and the familiarity with trusts there. This um, certainly sounds like uh, something different, but, but, you know, somewhat akin to it. And, and in terms of someone who, as you say, is developing uh, some assets and, and building um, some wealth in different ways, you sort of maybe want to consider this as a part of an overall estate plan if you're purchasing property once you've reached a certain point. Correct, correct. This is definitely something to consider, and especially if um, the property that we're talking about is investment property, or say, for instance, you're purchasing an apartment building, um, you might want to put it in a land trust as opposed to a personal trust, um, but personal trusts obviously can hold all sorts of different assets, um, whereas with, the, uh, with land trust, it's just holding real property. Mm -hmm. Um, always a pleasure when Attorney Kelly Anderson makes time to visit here on the podcast and is awfully, awfully busy at her practice at Lavelle Law. And um, so when she can't be here, you can always see more of what she's doing by checking LavelleLaw.com. Um, Kelly posts a number of articles there, and, and I can verify that they're among the most read on that very popular and very busy site, LavelleLaw.com. Um, now, if you're in the market to purchase property, I certainly recommend a, a call to Kelly, whether it's to 
to handle the closing or to provide some guidance and consultation on, on matters like this before you even make the offer. It's good to have uh, some things thought out, and I know she's very helpful in that regard. Today, we're talking about land trusts, and, and we were just covering the benefits of that. Are there, is there any downside, any things that we want to be aware of before you enter into one that might be preventative in some way? Yeah, there's there's frequently a, a false belief that land trust protects owners from all liability. Um, even in Illinois, though, courts have ruled that the real property owner, not the trustee, is liable in cases dealing with the direct management of the property. So um, it's not going to protect you completely, especially if someone actually takes legal action. It's also dangerous to think that a land trust offers bulletproof privacy. A court ultimately can order full disclosure of property ownership for any number of civil and criminal complaints. Um, the legalities of land trusts are, are pretty complex and differ state by state, so it's definitely critical to talk to an attorney before you uh, before you decide to do that. Also, I think some people think sometimes that trusts don't have to pay taxes. The IRS requires all trusts, including land trusts, to file um, a Form 1041. There's also um, the cost of setting up an administering trust. There are yearly fees. They're not um, they're not huge, but it is it is a cost. Okay. And what about at the time of sale? If someone has put property into a trust and now they're really ready to sell it, is there any limitations or any complications by having it in a trust at that point? No. There's really just some extra steps. Again, the um, when you set up a trust, there's a trust agreement which um, sets forth who holds the beneficial interest in the trust, which is typically, you know, an individual or an LLC. And then it also sets forth who has the power of direction. And it's that person who just needs to sign a simple document, a direction to convey that the then land trust company will take, and then they'll prepare the deed. So it's just a, you know, it's a little extra step, but um, an effective means of, you know, creating some anonymity when you purchase property. And, I, you know, that anonymity really jumps out at me because I'm I'm one of those people that, um, you know, likes to read the newspaper. And I'll see frequently in, in certain sections dealing with real estate where they're talking about property being bought and sold that it will list property having been purchased by a trust. And, you know, the first thing that they say is that we don't know who the buyer is it because of the trust. And so is that purely for reasons of just not wanting people to know or sometimes the buyer has plans or they're buying a number of parcels all together? Um, exactly. Strategy. Yeah. Okay. It's, so they they want to make sure strategy. people don't know what. Okay. All right. Now that becomes important then, and I want to make sure I heard this correctly. A land trust it can be used for your principal residence, but also investment properties, vacation homes, and is it true available for commercial properties as well then? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and and frankly, I think you do see it more often with investment properties and commercial properties than you do with, you know, your personal residence. Most people don't do it with their personal residence, but um, I see it see it a lot with investment property. And so let's let's talk about some of the considerations. We talked about benefits, we talked about some of the, you know, possible concerns. When is this a, a well, I guess I'll, I'll rephrase that. If someone is looking at buying property and they're interested in this, obviously it's something then they should take care of before an offer is made or before closing, or when does it need to take place? It it 
it could take place after an offer is made. If they're really considering it, they might want to start the process before an offer is made. But um, you, you can always, on a contract, put in the name, your, your individual name, and then right after that, or nominee, and then subsequently put it into a land trust. That contract itself is not going to become public record. So um, you could certainly change it afterwards, but my recommendation would be to it, to get it get the land trust set up as soon as possible. And it's a very quick thing to do. I can simply call up the land trust company and say, give me a land trust number. I'm about to put in an offer. Mm -hmm. okay. And that's all they need. And, and then you mentioned that Illinois is somewhat unique. Not all states do this, and perhaps they differ from state to state. Is the um, is the statute then applicable to the which state the property is in or what state the buyer is in yes. if they're perhaps buying in a different state? Yes. The Illinois Land Trust is only available for real property within the state of Illinois. So if you are in another state, you need to look into your particular state and whether or not there's any provisions out there that govern it and whether or not your state even recognizes it. I feel I think there's only maybe five or six states that have statutes on, um, of record dealing with land trusts. So it's, uh, Illinois is, is one of the few that's you know, pretty liberal on land trusts. Okay. And before we let you go here, just a few seconds left. Anything else we didn't get to, anything else we should be aware of in terms of key points related to land trusts today? Um, it, I think one thing that people should consider is if they are getting financing, sometimes that can create a hiccup if you're wanting to do a land trust because not all lenders, not all insurance brokers are knowledgeable about them and might be reluctant to deal with them, especially if you're dealing with an out-of-state lender. So that's something that might come into play and something to consider whether or not your lender is going to be okay with that. Interesting. Well, that's uh, Kelly Anderson, and our time uh, restriction uh, is going to require me to wrap things up uh, with her today. I thank her very much for being here. Always a pleasure to have Kelly join us, and look forward to having her here on future episodes of Chicago's Legal Latte. In the interim, don't forget to visit LavelleLaw.com, where you can find uh, Kelly's profile, along with her past podcasts and articles. The entire series of our podcasts, uh, now well into the hundreds, uh, will be available at that site, and you can also find them at Blog Talk Radio and iTunes, uh, so you can download for it, uh, listening at your convenience. And then uh, keep an eye out for our future conversations on a regular basis right here. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. 